Hello and welcome to the Attribution Marketing Podcast, where we help marketers, entrepreneurs, and advertisers get the most out of every ad dollar spent. On today's episode, we have Adam Benjamin from Stark Marketing, that's Stark with an E. You can check him out at wearestark.com. Adam is a industry veteran. He has a ton of experience marketing and doing business and entrepreneurship in the entertainment space. And he has a full-fledged soup to nuts agency in Pasadena. And we are here to chat with him about some of the successes that he's had and the successes that his clients have had. So Adam, thanks for joining us on the podcast. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. It's my pleasure, Lucas. Awesome. Thank you for being here. So I think it's interesting. I know we were talking the other day about this, but walk us through how your agency has evolved. You told a, a great story about sort of why you got in the business, what you were sort of known for, and then how you changed into sort of a, a larger, more full service agency. And I thought that was a great, great story to have you unpack for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, so obviously, as we were discussing, my background was advertising and marketing in the entertainment industry for many years. And, you know, after some time, I sort of grew tired with the place in life that I was at of being in that industry. And my brother and I, you know, we co-founded our agency together. It sort of made sense because we were doing a lot of consulting for major brands and different record labels and things of that nature. So we just saw an opportunity, you know, we saw uh, a space in the market at that time where there wasn't a lot of attribution, you know, when it came to marketing and digital advertising. And we saw a lot of agencies actually shying away from attribution and going more towards fuzzy metrics as a way to remove accountability from what it was that they were doing. So, you know, we founded Stark Marketing really with the idea that we were going to be an attribution first agency in everything that we did. So as the years passed, you know, we, we, we were able to build up the agency. And, you know, luckily for us, we were able to put together a pretty talented team and work on some really exciting projects. Um, we started getting more into the media space. And, you know, to begin with, it was really just collaborating with other media agencies and a lot of our clients were really asking us to take over the media because they were really happy with the work that we were doing on the digital side. Um, I was hesitant. I'll be honest. I, I, it's not something I wanted to do. And the major reason was was attribution. You know, if I didn't know where leads were coming from, where products were being sold, where money was coming from, I didn't know how to position that to our customers. And that sort of flew in the face of what it is, you know, what our core mission was when we started the agency. So let me jump in here. Around what time is this? I mean, you you gave us a timeline here of, of your evolution, but kind of when did you start? When did you realize that was the brand you were sort of going after? And when did you make this pivot? Yeah, I mean, we started the agency in 2012, 2013, right around there. Um, and, it, you know, it was probably about two years ago where we started jumping heavy into media, into broadcast media, radio, streaming audio, um, streaming television. We had dabbled in it prior, you know, sort of on a case by case basis. But yeah. it was about two, two and a half years ago, you know, and, you know, when we connected with Leeds RX, that was really when we saw for the first time an ability to directly track website traffic, leads, conversion, 
two radio campaigns. So for us, saw that, you know, it, it was it, everything changed. I mean, the light bulb went off. It was an eye opener. And we were now able to control the entire customer journey, right? Because before what we were doing is whether we were running paid search or paid social, you know, whatever the different campaigns we were running, there was sort of a handoff process or a collaborative process between us and different media agencies. But our clients saw the ability for us to handle the entire thing in-house as a huge win for them. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, there's less cooks in the kitchen, there's less people tinkering with the messaging, less finger pointing, and more sort of impartial truth, so to speak, about what's driving what, what campaigns are working, and almost most importantly, what campaigns are not working. So I was just curious, if somebody came to you and said, you know, we're a new startup brand, we, we got some capital, we raised some money, and we want to go off onto a customer acquisition strategy now, but attribution is a focus for us. What would you do to help them? What would be your kind of uh, recommended one, two, three steps to get them up and running with the sort of stark marketing approach, bringing in attribution? And how would that play out in your universe to help them? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, that's, that's a question we get asked. <laughs> we get asked quite a bit. And, you know, for us, the first thing is understanding your customer. Um, understanding what their pain points are, understanding what your product or your service solves for them, and then understanding where they live, right? So like when we go into discovery, like really like, I think people have a tendency to overcomplicate it, but what we're looking at is audience message and offer almost 99% of the time, right? So we want to figure out where your customer lives and we want to find out First, what's the lowest hanging fruit and how do we work up that tree? So depending on who we're going after and depending what the budget is, we're going to put together a plan, whether that plan is radio, whether it's television, whether it's social media and paid search, or oftentimes a combination of all of that, right? Once we're done with that, then we're going to look at creative and the offer. What story do we need to tell in order for your product, brand, service, to be compelling in the eyes of the customer? And then what offer do they need to be able to convert at this time? And what does conversion look like? You know, oftentimes in a situation, and you know this, Lucas, you know, cli clients want to see conversion in the sense of like products sold right away or leads generated. But, you know, for, for, ma for many brands, the, the consumer path is a lot longer than that. You know, conversion looks like an email sub and then they go into an email marketing chain. And from there, you know, we're trying to convert down the line. So it looks, it, it's very different for different companies. Yeah, I think that's a great breakdown. A lot of times we hear from people who say exactly what you mentioned. Well, if I'm going to spend $1,000 or $10,000 or $100,000 on radio or TV, you know, I want people to get to my shopping cart and to buy it. You know, the TV ad should go out on Monday and I should have my t-shirt sales by Monday night, but that's not linear. That might be the case on digital, might be the case with certain offers or products, but is rarely the case uh, for anything that's even remotely complex or requires any sort of thought from the consumer. If it's not an impulse buy, they are not going to convert that fast. So my question to you, follow-up question is, do you sort of use those channels uh, in a unique way or say, um, 
My broadcast mediums are for raising awareness, uh, getting people to come visit the site. And then once they're there, I use digital to you know, do direct response. I'm basically trying to figure out uh, the difference between direct response and sort of brand awareness and how you deploy those two methodologies across those channels. Do you start with brand awareness? Do you get right to performance marketing? Is that your sweet spot? I mean, uh, different agencies, different marketers kind of live in both of those two camps uh, or one or the other, I should say. It sounds like you live in both. So I'm curious to, to hear how you sort of slice and dice the difference between direct response and brand awareness across those channels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, we, we definitely live in both of those camps and I definitely believe there is a space for direct response and there's a space for brand awareness and there's a time where both are necessary within the same campaign. Right. So like, I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, we are working with a few financial clients and depending on the market and depending on the time, I mean, that's a direct response play, you know? Um, so like right now going through the pandemic, there's certain of our financial clients that are really primed for the for these economic conditions. And with those clients, we really do approach it from a direct response play because we feel like we have the offer and we have a service that people need absolutely, they need right now. And we have a compelling reason to go out to them. And we know we can drive leads and generate revenue right away. And we are. On the flip side, once the market turns, we would roll into a brand awareness play because while the service is still important to people, there isn't necessarily a compelling reason they need to do it today. So we want to make sure we stay in front of them. And I think we are always, Lucas, evaluating that, not just with the different types of services and products that we market for, but we're also evaluating that based on the current you know, economic climate, the political climate, and just the overall atmosphere of what's going out, what's going on here. I mean, that makes sense. That that that's the right way to do it. I like those sort of rapid iterations. So talk us through that. I think one of the best parts of being digital or nimble uh, in this day and age in, in the marketing ecosystem is the ability to iterate relatively quickly, or said in another way, faster than had previously been deployed by most marketing companies. And we we really feel that those rapid iterations and campaign insights are what uh, is going to get you that kind of um, edge that's going to put your marketing firm, your agency, or your clients ahead of the other guys, because you're able to see that five o'clock works better than three o'clock and Fridays work better than Tuesdays. And that remarketing uh, with the purple shirt works better or worse than remarketing with the blue shirt. So talk us through your uh, methodology about seeing those insights from attribution and then acting on them. What's that process? How often does it happen? How do you guys tackle that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when it comes to optimizing campaigns and really looking into the data, it's, I would say, you know, 70% data and science and 30% feel, you know, and I, I know a lot of people in my space would disagree with me on that. But I think that you have to be able to make strategic decisions on 70% of the data that you can accrue or you're moving too slowly. So when we're looking at the data, we want to strike that balance between having enough data to make a decision, 
but not waiting for so much data that we're not being nimble and not being agile. So whenever our team is looking at the data, whether we're looking at which markets are performing, which creative is performing, what time slots are performing, we want to really take a macro look on micro data to get a deep understanding of how people are interacting with the campaigns and we make our decisions accordingly. You know, depending on the spend, because oftentimes that determines how quickly we can turn the ship um, because of the amount of data that comes in relative to that spend, our team will meet daily or weekly to really do a review of everything that's going on and make those strategic shifts for our different campaigns. That's great. I think that is faster than most and is kind of the uh, requirement these days for, for performance marketing or said in another way for a marketing approach that's going to improve performance over time. I think a lot of uh, marketers get stuck in the kind of set and forget methodology where, you know, uh, maybe every week or every month you're changing some keywords and swapping out ad copy. But if you're not really running it uh, at a high level and running an experiment or trying something new, different markets, different targeting, different messaging, um, and keeping it fresh, your audience is going to have some ad fatigue and you're just simply going to really struggle to get uh, better performance in a future period than you were able to get in the current period because your, your iterations are just not significant enough. So it's refreshing to hear uh, you guys really go at that and uh, make sure to to, to implement those changes in a very robust way, and most importantly, in a very rapid way. Uh, we really believe that that rapid iteration is what sets apart uh, a, a well-performing campaign from a great performing campaign. And the faster you iterate, the faster you're gonna get there. So talk us through, I, I guess, how attribution or looking at that whole picture and going from digital first to digital and media, but with a, a focus on performance, you know, has that increased the overall size of your company? Have you had to hire people? Did you staff up around that? Or were the was the digital team able to kind of pivot into that environment as well? Just talk us through that evolution and how uh, that mentality, that attribution mindset uh, has really grown the company itself. Yeah, I mean, you know, we approach broadcast media streaming audio you know and the rest of it from a digital mindset you know and I, and I think it's different from many other agencies Lucas because I think I was telling you the other day you know before we started taking media in-house I used to sit in meetings and my team would sit in meetings with many other um, you know media agencies because we collaborate on projects and the answer was always you know whatever you can't attribute that that attributes to us, you know, and to me, that was always a really bad answer, you know, so when we look at attribution in the media space, we approach it from a digital perspective and looking at it through that mind shift, you know, through that mindset really allows us to track every single thing that comes in via our different broadcast channels and understand what role it plays in the overall marketing structure. So as we started diving into media, yeah, it's definitely grown our agency. It's been a significant, it's become a very significant part of what we do. And we have staffed up around it, but the staff that we've put in place around it 
are still people who have a digital first mindset because I want people who are constantly looking for reasons why campaigns aren't working, right? All too often in this space, people run campaigns and we run campaigns as marketers and you know we sort of turn a blind eye to attribution, especially in the broadcast space because people wanna keep their clients and you wanna be able to tell your clients why what you're doing is working. We want to go at it from the other mindset. You know, you have a background in digital, so I think you would understand this. When you're running social campaigns or paid search campaigns, we are actively looking for low-performing ad sets so we can eliminate and consolidate budget into what is working. I look at broadcast exactly the same way. I want to find what's not performing. I'm happy with what is performing, but I want to find what's not performing and consolidate that spend elsewhere. And hiring a digital team that understands media has been has given us the ability to do that. Yeah, well said. We uh, or something I've done in in my past is we would always just look at at the bottom twenty percent of spend. You know, what was the most obvious wasted twenty percent of any client's spend, right. and just pause or eliminate or remove that. And you almost don't even you know, it, it's a step beyond to then say, great, we're making new creative, new targeting, new new channels. But if all you did was take away the worst of the campaigns, you did that every week, and you just followed the insights coming from attribution, you're just going to get those dollars put into the campaigns, the day parts, the times, the targeting that is performing. And that's what it's all about. It's an iterative approach that constantly takes money away from underperforming, underperforming channels and puts it into the channels that are performing. And I think what people really miss about attribution, those that haven't been exposed to it or embraced it is probably a better word, is they think that um, a variety of point solutions and individual data silos like is sufficient to reach those insights. And it just isn't. If you are running a radio campaign and tracking it with a radio attribution solution, of which there are a few, but that radio solution doesn't know that you're simultaneously spending, you know, ten thousand dollars a month on Google paid search and you're you're spending money on public relations as well. And so when you run a, a radio campaign at, at three o'clock in the afternoon and you see a spike in web traffic, you are also gonna see a spike from the SEO channel. You're gonna see a spike right. in your direct visits, you're gonna see a spike in your uh, Google search uh, campaigns as well, because radio is driving that. And so I always found it so interesting that um, the radio guys and the broadcast guys like, like to say, well, anything that's not digital, that's us, but they go hand in hand. You're not going to find a customer journey, period, bar none, that only has broadcast in it. Eventually, they got to get to your website. Well, if they're going to touch your website, that means there's another data set there. What pages did they view? How long till they checked out? If they left your website, did they then see your remarketing ad to come back to check out? So those pieces are critical. And if you're not measuring that uh, with one tool uh, that's impartial, you're going to be missing out on the insights that can tell you a Tuesday morning radio ad combined with a dominant search ad that buys up the page one, number one spot guaranteed during that time slot is or is not working. And if you find out that it is working, then let's get a million dollars into that campaign. That's what clients need. 
And I think that's a, a big piece of what agencies and marketers don't get about attribution. They think that because tool number six has the word attribution in it, and also tool number seven has the word attribution in it, that those two tools are working together to provide attribution insights. They they are not. I don't know if you've seen that or have any examples or, or experience that you could uh, highlight as, you know, to, to talk about that problem as well. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I, I, I think that goes back to what we were saying at the beginning, which was, you know, it's understanding the buyer journey. And the buyer journey is just not this ethereal, you know, conceptual uh, way of figuring out what the consumer is going to do from a psychological perspective. It's reflected in raw data. It's what you said. It's knowing that a person hears a radio ad, goes to the website, fills out a lead form, gets two emails. On the third email, they click that. They click to the website and put the put the product in their cart. Then they abandon cart. Then they get a remarketing email and then they purchase. And seeing those data trends and those paths over and over again, that's attribution. Attribution is not knowing that, you know, 200,000 people went to the website and, you know, 50 people clicked on an email. You know, like you said, those are just tools that tell you a very small portion of the entire picture. But successful marketing sees the entire picture. I want to know what a person is doing because everything that we're trying to do is to build predictable models for the future, right? So without seeing that data, there's no way to build a predictable sales process. And the vast majority of businesses fail because they're not able to build a predictable sales or acquisition process. I love that. That was a soundbite right there, the, the scalable sales process. I think that's an interesting uh, way to put it. And I was cruising on your website earlier, and I sort of like some of the terminology that you use because you don't manage Facebook campaigns. You don't um, uh, offer marketing services. You, quote unquote, supercharge businesses. And I think that's a really important point to highlight about your agency and to highlight about anyone that's really embraced attribution is that, that for too long, the marketing department just gets to tell the sales department, I delivered you 100 marketing qualified leads. My job is done. Good luck to you, sales team. That's different now. You have to get out of that mentality because marketing and sales have a gigantic overlap and the attribution uh, methodology incorporates that in, in a way that four or five, you know, 10 years ago wasn't even possible. You now need to not be trapped. I mean, you mentioned earlier on the podcast, a conversion might be a newsletter sub, and that's great, but that's not the end of that customer's journey. Marketing is not now done. You have to still facilitate the sale by pushing them through that funnel. And so ultimately with attribution, the marketing department is now listening and waiting for that feedback loop from the sales team that says, we sold this, this client closed, this t-shirt got sold, feed that data back into the marketing campaigns. And that's the way that you do supercharge the business. That's the way you can build a scalable sales model. And I thought it was awesome how you phrased it you didn't say scale leads, you didn't. You said scale sales. That's what attribution's sort of special power is. And I thought it was great how you highlighted that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the name of the game. And I think that's the direction this industry is heading. And I think that's the direction this industry must head, right? Like there's been too many years where there's been a separation 
between marketing and sales and both sides are on the defensive, right? Like people are looking for reasons why what they're doing is working. And like I said, I'm looking for reasons. I'm looking for what's not working so that we can optimize and so we can move towards profitability. I like it. Everybody's looking left, you're looking right. That's probably why we'll be successful because we're all going right. So I don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, but I had a couple follow-ups here. Obviously, the landscape for marketing and data collection, privacy, cookies, the browsers uh, are all tightening the screws here. Apple's tightening the screws. Uh, Third-party cookies are going away. Um, and we feel that that's going to continue. Uh, progress will continue to be made in that direction, which, if not done properly, is going to break some of this data. Um, so I just had two questions, two-part question here. What do you think is the future for privacy tracking and attribution from your perspective as these changes come down? And then what's sort of in the future for your business, your uh, agency? Uh, what's the next iteration? How can our audience come connect with you and, and stay in touch with, with you guys as you continue to grow and develop? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this, this may surprise you considering, you know, I run an advertising agency, but you know, I'm in support of protections for the consumer, you know, and I think that, you know, we, we need to take a hard look at what data gets into the sphere because a lot of people don't have an understanding of what data collection actually means. And I think in many ways, you know, data collection is beneficial to customers because it allows us to understand what it is you like it understand it allows us to understand you know different products that you're interested in it allows us to position similar you know products that you might be interested or services in front of you but we need to have a really large discussion in this country about what data collection looks like and you know what people are aware of as far as how their data is actually being used so you know, it's going to be interesting in the next, you know, few years to really see as we start collecting more data in so many different spheres where it, you know, be mobile data, website traffic data, and the integration of all of those data sources into one set. So it's definitely going to be a interesting next couple of years when it comes to data collection. Yeah, I think we're really on the, the cusp here of a, a big shift. I think it was a gigantic shift to go from no digital ads to where we are now where alexa can you know hear you talk about the new refrigerator and then you're getting a home depot ad uh following you around on your instagram feed um you know this is something that was unimaginable five years from now but it's all or five years before but it's tough to imagine where we might be five years from now but we feel like uh as you've articulated it's important to protect the consumer's privacy and the industry is either going to step up and make it happen on their own or in my opinion all the private pieces the vpns uh, the browsers the duck duck those of the world are just going to continue to increase in popularity as people essentially force their way out of the ecosystem so i think everybody's going to uh, come to terms all the players will will get on the same page and ultimately i think the the powers that be do want a good customer experience. The customer wants a good customer experience. Nobody wants to be harassed with the ads online that they're not interested in. So um, it's a developing technology, but I think uh, everything that you've broken down today really highlights how stark marketing and you guys are 
are ahead of the curve here. So with that, we are signing off. Adam, thank you so much for being here with us today. If you are looking for a performance-driven agency and you want to get more out of your ad campaigns, contact Adam Benjamin from Stark Marketing. That's wearestark.com with an E. And this is the Attribution Marketing Podcast, signing off.